Good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Series, where we add value to people's lives. Happening every Thursday at 12 on ebuzzradio.com. You can catch the Lunchtime Series on all major podcast channels. And if you are checking out on uh, YouTube right now, I'm out in nature doing uh, <laughs> on, on, on holiday with my daughter. Um, but in today's marketing and leadership segment, joining me as per usual, marketing communications expert, Craig Pagely. How are you doing, Craig? Kevin, I'm great. Thank you. Yeah, it's Good to see you outdoors there, sun is shining, and uh, yeah, wonderful to be out and about. It is, and I'm so glad that I could have some time because my daughter's, uh, her school holidays are not the usual school holidays, uh, where they only have three terms a year, most schools have four terms a year, and uh, so she's got the entire August off, uh, and I haven't, you know, seen her, well, I haven't seen her very often for the last two months. So I said, you know what, Just you just finish your exams and then we'll go away in August, which is crazy because uh, it's smack bang in the busiest part of like my 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 month. Um, but I was like, just let's just do it. Um, so even if we have to record in the bush, we're going to do it. So here we are. Recording That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking, talking of, you know, daughter spending quality time with your daughter on, on Women's Day. Um, yeah, so so just uh, yesterday for for listeners was was a bank holiday in South Africa where we celebrate an incredibly important day in the history of South Africa, namely Women's Day, and and a day according to internationalwomensday.com, which is there to celebrate the strength and resilience of women and their contribution to society and the country. And uh, yeah, I trust that you managed to to stop and acknowledge the the special women that have shaped your shaped and influenced your life, Kevin. Yeah, you know, Craig, um, before, I mean, my daughter's 14, but, you know, as she's grown older, uh, to me, you know, Women's Day was just another holiday. But as she's, you know, growing older, I've subtly started realizing and recognizing the importance of uh, celebrating women uh, as one. And second point to that, as celebrating women of strength that are recognized uh, women of power that are recognized uh, and showcasing that and and you know and uh, and they are so many in the world currently yes. and there's more coming out and and really standing in their power and and doing very many great things um you know i look at the secretary of the new secretary of state for america um, a young, uh, young, 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 um, and I speak under correction. I don't know her name now. She's she's got like a French double barrel name, but young African, um, French African lady, and just so unbelievably well spoken and and just you know on on cue with everything she's doing. Um, uh, it's just at the top of mind because I've actually seen it on TV just recently. Um, and that's what I, you know, that, that's the representation I, you know, I would want my daughter to see, you know, I want to oh, see fantastic. that there yes. are women out there in, in really powerful public places doing really amazing things. Yeah, no, absolutely. So to, to that point then, and just, you know, keeping on, on the topic, uh, um, for a, a minute or two longer, um, do you come across a, a respectable number of women leaders in the leadership coaching work that you do, Kevin? And, and if so, is it specific to certain sectors that you're working across? Um, do I come across uh, women leaders in this? Lead is that the question? Yes. Um, 
Not as often as you'd like to th- uh, to uh, as as you'd think, Craig. Um, I think, um, strangely enough, um, in a leadership capacity, um, uh, especially from um, how to be a leader, you often find a lot of men who have run businesses and coach from that perspective. But from a coaching perspective, um, you'll find that very often you find women, uh, uh, more women as coaches than men as coaches. So um, as business leaders, you'll find men being the leaders in business, but women coaching the the men in leadership, which is which is quite strange (laughs) because you'd think think that, you know, um, and I, I didn't realize this until I was presented with this scenario that. Uh, I'm one of the, you know, from in my sort of uh, sphere that I that I and and sort of realm that I de- deal with, especially in coaching land. Yes. Um, I'm one of the few male coaches that people tend to use um, when they do uh, sort of uh, leadership coaching, um, because there aren't very many le- male leadership coaches, but there are m- very many leaders, male leaders leading business. Yes, Which yes. Is but I think, you know, just, just to add on to your point relative to, to the number of uh, um, female mentors and, and coaches out there, I think that probably is on the back of the, the, the ability to bring empathy into the equation and, and really, uh, you know, yeah. that, that there's a bias towards female relative to understanding, delivering and working with, with empathy. And that's why empathy is such an important part of the topic, as we picked up in a few instances, in bringing it into leadership spectrum. And I think it, uh, to that point, and I think it, it's because we we human, we have those biases. Um, and also coming through, you know, from the 80s to, to now, the last 20 to 30 to 40 years, uh, male dominance in leadership position has always been the, the way that the world works and the way that we've we've been taught that the world works um but today you know we 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 can we know that that's not how the world works um and quite interesting i you know i did the talk on friday craig around gender bias um and gender bias specifically speak to um that we instinctively as humans look up towards um, men who are taller as CEOs. So CEOs are nine times more likely to be CEO and really tall uh, than short CEOs, purely based on the fact that we actually tend to start looking up at them, right? And they tend to be male, right? And it's purely based on the fact that our schooling system has been what it has, um, our work uh, environments have been what they have been. Um, But I think, you know, gradually, I think in 20 years time from now, gender bias that gender bias specifically will have switched quite dramatically um even you know to the point where it may not be even relevant or prevalent in the workplace um i think it's people are really starting to pay attention uh, to that specifically absolutely absolutely so greg um moving back to uh this week's show um, I just want to say I really enjoyed last week's conversation where we covered the topic of high growth prof- uh, professional services business in these dynamic and ever-changing and challenging times. With that said, can you share with the listeners some of our last week's conversation? 
Yeah, Kevin, thanks. I, I, I must admit, I did enjoy the show myself last week. Really great topic. And uh, I'd like to reference the report we actually uh, covered in the show last week, Kevin. It was titled High Growth Study 2022 and was produced by Hinge Research Institute, which is a, a leading branding and marketing for professional services industry uh, firm. And we covered the following five key points where brands are achieving success from their respective conversations. So that sort of the five points there were a battle for talent taking center stage, uh, technology driving growth and profitability, uh, marketing really matters, a different strategic focus and a new normal. So let me quickly take you through a you know, little definition for each of those points. So, so firstly, the battle for talent takes center stage. There we learned that high growth firms have found ways to expand across the top talent uh, uh, pool through outsourcing. And, and this definitely provides an edge when it comes to, to talent. The second point here is technology drives growth and profitability. And what we learned there is that high growth firms have much higher levels of technology maturity and they're able to make much greater use of the multiple technologies to optimize their performance. The third point there was marketing really matters. Again, you know, a point that, that cannot be um, emphasized more, more. High growth firms execute their marketing strategies much more effectively, which obviously results in, in greater impact uh, from the same techniques that, that their competitors or, you know, low performing businesses would, would uh, um, yeah, see come to fruition. And they also have an edge when it comes to digital strategies, such as the likes of CEO and performance tracking. And we spent quite a bit of time talking about the importance of CEO and how that's leveraging that correctly is, is enabling a, a much deeper pipeline. The fourth point there was different strategic focus. What we learned there is that high growth firms focus on the future and new ways of adding value and improving efficiency compared to the other firms that are very much worried about competition and e eroding margins. And, and finally, the fifth point there being a new normal. And what we learned there is that high growth firms actually accept that uncertainty and rapid change are the new normal and that they learned how to leverage these opportunities for innovation and profitable growth. And yeah, those are the key takeaway reminder points from last week, Kevin. Fantastic, guys. If you want to go check it out, you can check it out on the Lunchtime series. Uh, fantastic conversation that we had last week. Um, Craig, so for today's conversation, um, what are we going to share with the listeners uh, on today's show? Yeah, Kevin, thanks. I, I came across a really comprehensive report titled Understanding the Path to Purchase 2022 Global Consumer Types. And, and the report was published by Lisa Holmes, who's Head of Practice Consumer Insights um, at Euromonitor International. It was published as recently as July 2022. Um, and just to set some context there, Euro International, Euromonitor International is the world's leading independent provider of strategic marketing research. And this is the third consecutive publication of the report, Kevin. And the reason the report stood out for me is as you know, we've often referenced buyer personas in our conversations. Um, and this, this report really takes a detailed look at how these personas are defined and how they can help brands and marketers actually make clear distinction between uh, the, the different sets of consumers. So let me just start by opening, start by, by reading the opening paragraph of, of the report, Kevin. And it states here that demographics should not be your sole directive when analyzing shopper behavior or purchase decisions. This information alone will give you a skewed view of daily habits and long-term 
life cycle choices. Euromonitor International goes beyond standard demographics to create distinct personality-driven consumer types globally and in specific countries. We use the data from our Voice of the Consumer Lifestyle Survey to help develop these profiles. And what's really great is that the report goes on to provide a clear breakdown as to why marketers uh, and brands actually need to segment by these various consumer types. And, and these points are noted as follows. So consumer segmentation drives innovation pipeline to meet emerging demands. Consumer segmentation also helps customize buying journeys and increasing conversions, Kevin. Consumer segmentation helps marketers understand which motivations influence certain purchases. Consumer segmentation helps marketers to competitively price and position their various product portfolios. Consumer segmentation helps marketers tailor their promotions and customer experience. Consumer segmentation strengthens relationships with loyal customers and actually helps market research new audiences, and finally, consumer segmentation guides marketing investment and initiatives. Greg, I love that. And, uh, you know, um, you say we use the data from the, from the lifestyle surveys. And I think when you, when you, when you look at the segmentation that you, you're speaking of, I mean, there's quite a lot here already. Um, yeah, part of part of the leadership specialized program that we run at the moment, we actually have a data specialist who comes in and speaks to us about data, and um, you know he always speaks about torturing the data enough to get the results you want. <laughs> so you know, as long I, as you I don't torture, like... but there's no results left. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, considering all of this, I mean, how many different consumer types are there in the marketplace and do brands need to appeal to all of these? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, do brands need to appeal to all of these? Um, I, I, brands do need to appeal to all of them relative to what the brand is offering. But let me let me just take you through through a build on on those consumer types, and we can get to understand at the end of of this definition as to whether the brands actually do need to appeal to all of them. So the report focuses on eight different consumer types, Kevin, and these are noted as follows: undaunted strivers, balanced optimists, empowered activists, cautious planners, impulsive spenders, minimalist seekers conservative homebodies, and number eight, secure traditionalists. And, and what's really great about these, these definitions, Kevin, is that you can almost immediately identi identify yourself with one or two of the segments, uh, you know, based on your specific buying behaviors. And, and importantly, though, many of the habits and values are consistent with consumer types from the previous years that the report has been conducted. So it's really good to see that there's now some quite clear uh, differentiation between between those eight uh, um, classified segments, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, I do, just looking at that, I, I would definitely be around the cautious plan. I mean, having a business is <laughs> you got to be cautious. Got to do it like you really do a lot of planning. Yeah, I, I must admit, I'd, I'd probably align very much with with that as well. But I think the the other one that that stood out for me is is the balanced optimist. Um, yeah, so you know, at, at, at least we're 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 very much in the the planning kind of phase of of how we shop, but we can definitely go into some of that detail later. Craig, so uh, um, do you I hear me? Can you hear me? Hello. Yeah, no, you now yes. can. Sorry, yes. Um, 
Are you able to provide a brief summary of each of these consumer segment types that uh, that you've mentioned earlier? Yes, I most definitely can. Um, so, it, as as I say, yeah, this this report really is an incredible report. Deep insights uh, um, garnered in the report, and I think it's 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 a it's a must read for any marketer who really wants to get to understand how to to layer the segmentation of their, their consumers in, in a lot more depth. But I'm really going to give a broad, really top-line overview. So starting with the, the secure traditionalists, we learned that the segment makes up 18% of, of the global uh, questionnaire audience. And they are positioned as being content where they are, content with where they are in life. What we see here is that they're mostly influenced by their friends and family recommendations. They're, they're very much influenced by independent consumer reviews, and they're influenced by product labels and packaging, and they're least influenced by celebrity endorsements, bloggers or social media, and uh, by brands or companies' social media accounts. Only 20% of this, this audience extensively researched the products and services that they, that they are to, to purchase. 74% of them do not typically read online product reviews at all. And 73% do not actually compare prices online. Um, and, and really, at the end of the day, the channels that they use is, is very much around the traditionalist approach where they regularly purchase one to three types of products in store at any one point. And they're also very minimal online shoppers, only 42% of them shoppers. What they do look for, though, is they're looking for bargains, second-hand products, and uh, repairing products instead of purchasing new ones. And the best ways to target them is, is provide in-store and on offline services to alleviate the anxieties associated with using technology, clearly mark promotional items, low prices and discounts, especially on repeat and essential purchases, and create that convenient and easy custom experience to minimize their, their time in shopping. Kevin, moving on to the, the next uh, segment definition here, which is the undaunted strivers. We learned that this segment takes up 16% of the um, research audience, and they're positioned as wanting to have and be the best. Um, really interesting uh, classification that what we learn from them here is that they're mostly influenced by brand or company websites. They're also mostly influenced by friends and family recommendations and very much by social media networks. However, they're least influenced by celebrity endorsements and uh, government or expert organizations. 90% of the segment extensively research their products and services. 64% regularly read online reviews and product reviews, and 65% compare prices online. And the channel route to market is, is also very heavy online presence, shopping presence, 62%. And they regularly purchase uh, one to three types of products in store, purchasing new items instead of repairing the ones that they own, rentals for specific occasions, and niche brands that are hard to find or unique. The balanced optimists, we learn that they make up 14% of the research audience uh, segment again, and they are positioned as being confident in myself and in the future. What we learn about them, Kevin, is that they're mostly influenced by friends and family recommendations. We can see the, the first three are very much in that, that family and friends influence space. They're also influenced by independent consumer reviews and very much around product labels and packaging 
Um, they least influenced by celebrity endorsements, bloggers, social media, or brands and company uh, websites. 58% do extensive research on products and services. 53% do not typically even read online product reviews and 50% regularly compare, uh, compare prices online. Their route to market is also minimal uh, online shoppers at only 41%, and they regularly purchase at least four types of product in store at any one point, uh, 52% of them. They're definitely on the lookout for bargains. They tend to purchase high-quality products, and they do also purchase secondhand products, Kevin. The fourth, the fourth segment here is the empowered activists. And we learned that this segment makes up 14% of the research audience, and they are positioned as believing that they have the power to affect change, which is a really important segment, considering some of the conversations we've had today. Um, and, and you know, individuals in the segment really believe that they can make a difference to the world through, through their choices and actions. What we learn about them is that they are most influenced by family and friend recommendations, independent consumer reviews, and, and also product and uh, uh, packaging label design. They're least influenced by celebrity endorsements, bloggers or social media, government or expert organizations. And this is really where the big telltale comes in now. 78% do extensive research on the products and services that they consume. 70% are regularly reading online product reviews. And 71% are regularly comparing prices online. So a heavy, heavy uh, online shopper presence at 47%, and they're regularly purchasing up to six products at any one time in a retail store, 63% uh, of, of, of the empowered activists. And what are they preferring? They prefer bargains, they prefer high-end uh, quality products, and they prefer strong or well-known brands, Kevin. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Greg. I think, uh, you know, just just hearing how the segments are uh, sort of broken up and, and, and how you're speaking to what that preference is, it, you know, from a brand perspective, uh, you know, I, I'm recognizing that I, I, I tend to be an undaunted striver, but also an empowered activist. Uh, uh -huh. you know and and but also uh, or when i'm shopping I, i'm at least doing that but also how i showcase my brand and i think that's what's really interesting about this because um when i want uh when i want people to google me you know i want them to come see a very specific kind of uh information so i think uh, these segments um from a brand perspective are really important to also speak to what what the voice of your brand is saying uh, yes. the moment someone types in that brand uh, or Google's a brand or Instagram's a brand or whatever, they sort of get the, the gists of who, who am I speaking to? Who's this brand really speaking to? So I think it's really key for for brands to to really listen up and then kind of go, okay, who who's my segment, Jan? Is it is it really talking the talk um, specifically? Because you yeah. know considering all these factors yeah very much so and if you if you're talking to the likes of the undaunted strivers you know what what is it that your brand is saying that enables that prospective consumer or target audience to actually feel that they do have the best when participating in the brand repertoire with with yourself and you know obviously through through the likes of sustainable led brands patagonia and the likes really giving the sense of belief that that users of those brands are actually making a difference to the planet and pursuing the sustainability proposition there so yeah good 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 point there 
let's let's move on to to the next four there, Kevin. Where I think it's really great to to understand the cautious planners, and we learned that this segment makes up thirteen percent of the research audience, and they are positioned as knowing what they want in life. And quite a quite a powerful statement there. What we see here again is they also influenced by, by family and friend recommendations, very much uh, around independent consumer reviews and brand or company websites. And again, you know, knowing what they want in life, they would obviously not be influenced by celebrity endorsements, bloggers or social media influencers or government or expert organizations. And what, what we see again here is 40% uh, do extensive research on products and services. 50% are regularly reading online product reviews and 51% are actually comparing prices online on a regular basis. They're also quite heavy online shoppers with 44% of the, the segments operating in that space. And uh, they regularly purchase between one and three products in, in store at any one time, 44% of them. And what they look for and prefer is bargains, second-hand products and, and, and high-quality products as well, Kevin. Moving on to our impulsive spenders, we learned that this segment makes up really dropping in, in percentages now, uh, only 10% of the research uh, audience, which is probably a good thing because it means, you know, less, less uh, uh, wasteful expenditure in the segment. But they're positioned as the love of finding bargains. Um, again, also influenced by, by friends and family recommendations, independent consumer reviews and brand or company websites least influenced by celebrity endorsements, government or expert organizations, and, and you know, their third least uh, uh, influence is, is bloggers or social media. 76% are ever do extensive research on products and services, 70% are regularly reading online product reviews, and 72% are regularly comparing prices online and that definitely ties into the love finding bargains proposition there they very very much uh, online shoppers 49 percent of that segment and they regularly purchase up to six types of products in store 71 percent of them so whilst finding bargains they're actually quite heavy shoppers in in that instance as well they tend to prefer high quality products bargains and strong or well-known brands Moving on to the minimalist seekers, we learned that this segment makes up 9% of, of the research audience, and they're positioned as choosing to focus on the simple things, Kevin. What we learn about them, they're also influenced by friends and family recommendations, independent consumer reviews, and product labels and packaging. And what we're seeing coming up in, 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 in the influence uh, category across all of these, these segments to date is either company websites or, or product label and packaging really play an important part. So it's, it's, it's important that the creative agencies get to understand these drivers and bring those, those uh, realms of thinking into the way they're designing up the, the solutions here. They're least influenced by celebrity endorsements, bloggers or social media influencers, and uh, in this instance, brand company social media accounts. 54% of the segment exclusively do research on the products and services. 50% of them are, are readily online reviewing, uh, uh, reading product reviews, and 54% are comparing prices online extensively. Very much a low-end, moderate to low online shopper behavior with only 37% of the segments in that space. And they regularly purchase one to three types of products in store, 42% of the segment. They also seek to, to find bargains, high quality products, and uh, interestingly, 
repairing products instead of purchasing new items, uh, a kind of thing that you'd expect to to find in the the uh, segment that are really playing into making a difference and feel that they can make a difference in, in life here. Kevin, and lastly here, the, the concern of home bodies, we learned that this segment makes up 6% of, of the research audience. And as you can see that, you know, we, we're really getting into the, the single figure uh, um, percentages here. And, and this segment is positioned as friends and family matter the most to me. What we learn here is obviously friends and family mattering the most, they would be influenced, highly influenced by, by friend and family recommendations, very much influenced around product labeling and packaging. And um, third on that, the list of influence is, is independent consumer reviews. What they're least influenced by, uh, celebrity endorsements, bloggers or social media influencers and, and social media networks. 47% of this particular segment are extensive researchers of product and services. 55% of them generally don't read online product reviews and 57% generally don't typically compare prices online. With that said, it's obvious that there'd be very much uh, uh, minimal online shoppers, only 37% of the segment. And they, they regularly purchase up to six uh, types of products in store at any one point, 72% of them. And what they tend to prefer, Kevin, is they prefer their bargains. They prefer very high quality products and they also prefer secondhand products, Kevin. What I was going to, uh, what I wanted to point out to you was um, in uh, most of these segments, it's interesting that a lot of people are not influenced by um, influencers. Yes. Uh, you know, so it's, you know, it's interesting to hear that a lot of people don't make that they, they don't make their buying decisions based on someone who's got a really influential uh, social media page or, uh, you know, famous for being on TikTok, um, but rather do more research into what, what it is they're actually buying, which is interesting because uh, we've done shows, we've we've done a lot of shows where that was, that used to be a thing that, you know, like you, it's used to be considered a, a, quite a thing to, to be able to be a social influencer. So, so Kevin, that's such a good point you make because there there has been a shift away from from uh, uh, celebrity endorsement and social media influencing. Um, and, and in fact, maybe let's just sort of repackage it slightly differently. So, so celebrity endorsement as opposed to an influencer, there, there, is, there is a difference in, in, in that regard, okay? And, and one of the key things here is, let's, let's talk about, uh, you know, Nespresso brand endorsed very much by a particular individual, who is well-liked around the world, good old George Clooney. Um, and I think the authenticity of George Clooney sort of is the stickiness that, that really works with that brand. In so many instances, the celebrity endorsements are, are, are really beginning to wane on authenticity and, and, and brands and consumers have moved away from, from that particular approach for a period of time. However, on an influencer side, we're, we're seeing brands leaning into influence. Suddenly there's, there's a bit of a turnaround again where brands currently are starting to lean into influencers a bit more. And I think TikTok has actually enabled a lot of that because the TikTok engagement and instantaneousness and, and realness is, is really 
one way to eliminate all the lies and nonsense that 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 come with some of the fictitious uh, aspects of of celebrity endorsements you know paying somebody to say something whereas in in a influencer status where you're in the tiktok space and living it real and enacting and and going through the motion of 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 sharing that brand experience i think it brings another level of authenticity to it and i i quite enjoy seeing some of the influencers working with and utilizing brands in in the formats uh, of what what tiktok brings to the fore kevin yeah it's i mean and it, it's i think it's it's a sort of evolving uh, evolving you know it's machine the whole time and you you have to you got to play with it you got to you got to know it you got to you know understand yes. it uh, and it might work for your brand it might not work for your brand and if it does fantastic if it doesn't uh you know use it for a different reason maybe yes ab- ab- absolutely you know and 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 again it's also it's getting to understand the percentage of which use of that particular endorsement is is going to either push away or draw individuals closer to to the brand so whilst the majority is stating that they least influenced by celebrity endorsement there still is is a percentage of lean in that would be inevitable in in place around uh, um celebrity endorsement and all other influences absolutely craig so as we close the show today um and thank you for joining me in uh, in in the bush <laughs> <You're> quite envious <laughs> um but what can you share with the listeners as the key takeaways to the conversation yeah, Kevin. I think I think it, it goes without saying, actually, that that consumers are bombarded with a gazillion advertising messages thousands of times a day, and and you know it's important to to reduce waste on marketing spend and efforts, and in doing so, brands really need to be more effective at reaching the right audience at the right time in their buying cycle via the right channel, whether that's radio, online, mobile devices, et cetera, et cetera. But it's also important to understand it's, it's not just about demographics like age, gender, race, and religion, which we've spoken about at, at nausea before as well. It's very much about developing those distinct personalities um, and, and at least personality-driven consumer segments. And, and this really is what Euromonitor International is, is absolutely mastered. And their methodology is an effective approach and and any brands adopting those those approaches are really positioning themselves to be a step ahead of their competitors and what they need to do though kevin is they need to just focus on five key focus areas when developing their segmentation questions and in doing so they'll stand a much greater chance of really getting to understand the audiences a lot better and those those five segments are noted as follows so first is motivation Get to understand who plans, purchases, or buys on impulse. Get to understand who enjoys shopping the most. Get to understand what spending habits are tied to personal status. The second theme there is research. Get to understand who uses technology for their product research. There's no way to connect with them. Get to understand who refuses to buy until they've done their research. Make sure you're in the digital space constantly to, to you know, raise awareness of the brand. The, the third theme there, Kevin, is about marketing. It's about knowing who is influenced by social media. And it's about knowing who looks to friends and family for recommendations and packaging and pushing your message relative to that. The fourth, the fourth theme there is about channel. It's, it's understanding who favors browsing and purchasing in store instead of online. 
and it's about understanding who actually prefers the convenience of mobile shopping, two distinctly different approaches. And, and the final theme there is, is about purchase. It's about understanding who actually cares about low prices above all else. And it's about understanding who's actually looking for that name, that brand name and premium product ahead of price. Those are the key takeaways from Insight's discussion today. Fantastic, Craig. I love that. Uh, really, really insightful around customer segmentation. Um, uh, it's uh, it's given me a whole new uh, like like uh, opening uh, of like consideration of how I can be more strategic in what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Um, and uh, guys, if you want to catch the lunchtime series, uh, you can check it out on uh, on the lunch uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, it's the lunchtime series, and uh, it's marketing leadership and a whole bunch of coaching. Uh, expertise uh, and also on Ebers Radio. Every every Wednesday and Thursday, we are live on uh, ebersradio.com around 12 o'clock. Craig, thank you so much for joining me and uh, I will chat to you I don't know from where next week. <laughs> <laughs> Probably yeah. from our office. <laughs> Another exotic location. No, that's great. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your time away with your daughter in magnificent uh, wonderland that you're in. Thank you so much. Have a good week. Chat to you soon. Cheers you for too. now. Thanks, Bye. Kevin. Bye.